Belle and Kim, it could have been cows in your backyard. You could have had... <laughs> What's the most interesting thing that you've learned in the four years of uh, beekeeping? That's hard because there's uh, so much interesting stuff you can learn about bees. But I mean, I've learned a lot about how well they work together, uh, how how far they can travel. Like, for example, they can travel in a five-mile radius to find uh, nectar and pollen to bring back to their hives. Normally, they won't do that if there's flowers closer by, but they can do that. And it's just amazing how, how well they work together to survive the winter, and uh, they're just always trying to expand and store up mm -hmm. honey. Working together, that was one of the things that always came to the top of our conversation when we were talking about bees is how each one has a job to do. Each one does that job, respects, you know, the other bees, and they, they work together for a, a common cause. And Caden and I and, and Jacob as well were thinking, you know, that's really what the church should look like. The church in many ways should look like a beehive where we all find a place to use our talents and our gifts and to work together. That's why we decided on the name Working Together. Kate and I have been working on this sermon for four or five months, and it's really been a, 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 a fun adventure. Um, and Caden brought his bees today. Um, makes me a little nervous here. I can hear them. Um, don't worry, they can't get out. They're all sealed in there. Let's hope so. <laughs> What's this thing for? Uh, that is to oh. um, make sure if you drop them that oh. the latches can't come So we down. shouldn't open those latches. No, don't open the latches. <laughs> we thought about having an EpiPin up here just in case, but we thought, <laughs> no, we don't want to make anybody nervous. So how many bees are there in a typical hive? And tell us a little bit. I mean, they're pretty small. So really. in a typical hive during the summer, there can be anywhere from 60,000 to 100,000 bees. 100,000 bees. 100,000 bees. That would be a really healthy hive. I don't think I've ever had that many bees. I've probably had maybe 60 or 70,000. But I do know some people that have had like five or six boxes stacked on top of each other, and I'm sure they've had that many. And how large is each bee? Are they all pretty much uniform size, or do they vary in size? They vary in size. So the workers, which is what all these bees are, they're, they can be about a half inch long, and they're the ones that do the majority of the tasks in the hive. But then the drones, which are the male bees, they're a little bit... Uh, they're a little bit bigger. You can definitely tell the difference. I don't see any drones right now in here. Uh, and then the queen is longer and skinnier. So she's kind of hard to find sometimes, which is why uh, when I find her, I will catch her and I will mark her with this special marker. That It's like a fluorescent green. And then uh, when I need to find her again after that, it's way easier to find her since she has a green dot on the back of her neck. Interesting. 
a green dot. If you see a bee flying around with a green dot, call Caden. His queen bee has gotten out <laughs> and is wandering in the five-mile radius, I guess. That... Well, and I have had my queen get out before. Oh. Actually, not too long ago, uh, we were checking my bees, and I hadn't marked the queens yet. And me and my friend just happened to see the queen fly by. It was like, that's not good, because if you lose the queen, <laughs> there goes your hive. So I just happened to have a little queen catching clip uh, in my bee suit with me, and we were able to catch the queen and marker and put her back. But normally they don't leave the hive. I think most of us living in the valley have seen them bring bees in for pollination. We have some understanding of how important bees are, even to our agriculture here in Wenatchee Valley. Kate and I did a little research and found out uh, the bees provide pollination for 60% of all fruits and vegetables in the United States. 60% of all of our produce is dependent upon these little guys and dependent upon them working together. Economically, the value of the bee industry is over $15 billion dollars. And we want you to know that because it, they seem so small and insignificant, but working to death, together, they do great things. And it's so much like a church. Working together, we can do great things uh, for the Lord. And probably even more important than the economic benefits of bees, again, for us who are following Jesus, who use this as our guideline for life, we can learn some spiritual values from this bee colony. And that's really what we want to do today is share three different things that we can learn. And these are not original with us. These three are actually out of a book written by Michael O'Malley. And it's called The Wisdom of Bees. And it's a book that was written for the corporate business world. But we've taken it and it adapted it. And the first thing, uh, we can learn from bees is you need to stay in touch. You need to communicate with one another because we're all on the same team. There's might be 100,000 bees or 60,000 bees, but they're all working together. They only produce, they're only as effective as they can be if they work together. And that's true for all of us. We need good communication. Last week, I talked about being a fast listener. Part of communication is learning how to, how to listen. Communication is really, really important. Um, and it's just interesting to find out what kind of information bees might need to communicate. And so, Caden, tell us what... These 60,000 bees are all in this hive. What do they need to, to say to each other in order to remain an effective team? Well, they might say that they need to go gather more pollen or nectar. They might say they need to build uh, more comb in the hive so that they can store more of this pollen or nectar. Or they might say to slow down bringing in the pollen and nectar until more comb is built. So there's many different things that... Uh, they have to communicate to each other. So some bees are bringing in pollen. Yep. And if there's not enough honeycomb, 
they communicate to those bees, slow down, don't bring us any more, we're not ready for you yet. Yep, yeah, if they don't have a place to store it, then they have to slow down. Pretty amazing. How, now I can hear them buzzing. Mm-hmm. Is that, are they communicating now? Do they communicate through buzzing or how do they uh, communicate? Do so they text each other with little <laughs> miniature <laughs> cell phones? I mean, how? So the main ways they communicate is actually through uh, pheromones from the queen and the waggle dance. So now pheromones. Pheromones. Yep. They're like a chemical that the queen puts out. And there's several different pheromones that the queen has. The two that I have actually witnessed are a pheromone that smells like lemon. That means that the queen is close. So when I've caught swarms of bees, which is like uh, sometimes half the colony will leave with the queen if the colony gets too big and there's not enough space. So anyway, if there's a swarm of bees and I go to catch it, and I'm putting the bees in a new bee box, I will sometimes smell lemon, and that means that the queen is nearby, and I've probably caught her, and pretty soon all the bees will follow. Now, uh, the one pheromone that, as a beekeeper, you need to be aware of for sure is uh, one that smells like bananas. If you smell bananas, (laughs) you better have your full bee suit on and be ready to get attacked, because they're mad. So you, don't, you also don't want to eat bananas before you go check the bees. <laughs> <laughs> so the queen bee lets out some kind of a fragrance, an odor. Yep. And depending on that smell. So they communicate through smell. Yes. And what was that about a dance, you said? So there's the waggle dance as well. A wa- what kind? Waggle dance. Waggle. Yep. W-A- W-A-G-G-L-E. Waggle dance. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen bees do waggle dances? This is really fascinating. Yeah, so what they'll do for the waggle dance is they use it to communicate to each other uh, what direction and how far away the flowers are that they need to pollinate and gather nectar and, uh, and pollen from. And so what they'll do is they will they'll wiggle forward and depending on the distance, that will show how far away from the hive that the flowers are, and then they will start walking around kind of in a circle, and that will show what direction in relation to the hive versus the sun the flowers are away from the hive. So the bees really have to keep in tune with each other. Yes, they do. And particularly with the queen. Yep. So what kind of a spiritual lesson could we learn? Maybe that we need to keep in tune to the leader of the kingdom of God, which is not a queen in our case, it's a king. It's King Jesus. We need to be in tune with the Holy Spirit. And we've talked a lot about that. You know how you feel those nudges? Just those nudges, oh, I should call that person. I should write that person a note. I should stop by the hospital and visit somebody. But it's up to us as children of God, as Christ followers, to keep in tuned with that person 
of Jesus Christ. And really, the scripture is probably the most important way that we can hear from the Lord. You know, there's, there's really three, three ways that we hear from the Lord. The first and foremost is through the scriptures. And so many of us, though, we just want to hear some audible voice. Because <laughs> it's a lot easier than actually opening up the word and studying the word. But the Brians, they were commended for that. They were commended because they did the work necessary to hear from the Lord. So you and I from the bees can learn we need to do the work necessary to hear from the Lord, which is through the word, through the discernment of the Holy Spirit. And then the third way that the Bible teaches is through counsel. Through counsel. There is safety in the counsel of many. That's why I appreciate our board. Our board's not there to you know, keep their tabs on the pastoral staff. They're there to give us advice and input and together. Counsel is, is man, really so important. Um, I, I don't know if you've ever had to seek counsel in the last four years. Maybe you just YouTubed everything and figured out how to be a beekeeper. Well, I actually started by mostly reading books and that's all I did for the first year. And then uh, when I got towards winter, I was wondering, okay, do I really know what I'm doing? I mean, I've read all <laughs> these books and stuff, and I pretty much didn't do anything come winter. After winter, the first year, I lost, I don't know if it was one or two hives, but in the spring, I started wondering, okay, what did I do wrong? I read all these books. I have so much information on bees. So you why lost isn't them, meaning they all died? They all died over winter, yeah. All 60,000? Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Wow. So, a lot of funerals to have to do. <laughs> yeah. So in the spring, I decided to join the Beekeepers Association in town, and the guys in the Beekeepers Association started giving me all this information, and some of it was different than the books, and they were telling me, well, you know, you can't rely on these books all the time because sometimes they're written by people that live down in places like Arizona where they don't have harsh winters. So this information might not necessarily be correct for the area we live in. So after that, I started getting information from all these people that live around here and my bees started doing better. So you improved your ability as a beekeeper by seeking outside counsel. Yeah, I did. That's why we can approve our ability of Christ followers by seeking counsel. We can be better influencers, passing down legacies by grandparent summit. That's an important thing. We need to stay in touch. Stay in touch with the Holy Spirit. Stay in touch with one another. Because the bees obviously work together for the common good. They're not out there doing their own thing. There's not 60,000 different um, methods or missions that those bees are doing, correct? No, there's not. They all have a job. They all have a job. They're working for the common good. And man, we've talked a lot about that in the last three or four years. Because our culture keeps on 
feeding us. It's about your individual rights. It's your individual rights. Stand up for yourself. But the scripture says, no, it's not about individualism. It's about a corporate community. It's about a body of faith. Not just Wenatchee First Assembly, but Wenatchee First Assembly working together with Columbia Grove Covenant. Today, our two vans are being used by Awaken Church. Why? Because we want to work together with other churches. You know, we want to be a body. You've heard, if you've been in any business classes at all, what team means, T-E-A-M, together everyone accomplishes more. That's what a team is. Together, everyone accomplishes more. And the Bible teaches that. It's um, mutual submission. Submit one to another. In fact, the Bible says, prefer others over yourself. Because just as in this beehive, the whole is more important than any one bee, that's true in a body. That's true in a church. We have to look at what's best for the whole of the church. I do that when I shepherd. Shepherd what's best for the whole of the church, not just one department. And that's where we landed, Caden and I did. We were out eating one night and we were looking at different scriptures about honey and different scriptures about in Isaiah. And we finally landed on this scripture in Ephesians to be our text. So if you open your Bible to Ephesians 4, and really this is why we title this message, Working Together. Ephesians 4, it's about communicating. It's about staying in touch. It's about working together. Ephesians 4, this is what Paul says, beginning with verse 1. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, (laughs) bearing with one another in love. One of the translations says, putting up with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. For there is one body, one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all. See, we only one queen be here and there's only one person in charge of the church and that's Jesus Christ. One God, one Father, who's over all and through all and in all. So he's in all of us. He's working through all of us. And then the Bible says, but to each one of us, each one of these bees, each one of us believers, we've been given grace as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and he gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all of the other heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ gave apostles, 
prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Why? To equip his people, the bees, for works of service together so that the entire body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of God. Working together like the bees requires staying in touch, first of all, with the Holy Spirit through the Word, through His nudges, through counsel, just as the bees do, through smell and the waggle dance and all those. That's amazing how God created the bees, isn't it? The second thing that Kate and I have kind of come to the conclusion of is that if you are going to work together and be an effective team, you have to respect one another. You have to respect one another because your job is not any more important or any less important than somebody else's job. Everybody has a specific job and that's the lane that they need to stay in. You know, it's like when you go hear an orchestra. Don't you just love the harmony of an orchestra? But you realize that the only reason there's harmony is somebody is playing second chair. If everybody was first chair, you wouldn't have harmony. (laughs) The melody, the harmony is because everyone knows their place. And it seems, you said these are all worker bees. You're still looking for the one that has the fluorescent cue on her (laughs) chest that says queen. Don't see her in there. I don't know if the queen is marked in this hive. I was going to try to get the queen in here, but I had some problems last night with the hive that I knew the queen was marked. Uh, I couldn't get it open, so I had to pull these bees out of a different hive. Okay, well, so you've talked about worker bees and the queens. You mentioned some male bees. Yeah. Uh, so th- tell us about the different roles. Now, the Bible says here in church leadership, there's apostles, prophets, there's roles. But what are the roles of bees? And tell us about all that. So the queen is the bee that kind of controls the hive. And she's the only bee that actually lays eggs. So during the summer, she can lay up to 1,000 eggs a day. Did and you say a day? A day. A yep. thousand eggs a day. So, yeah, that's how they go from just about 10,000 bees in the winter to up to 100,000 bees in the summer because she lays <laughs> just that many eggs. Wow. Uh, and then the worker bees, they, they gather the pollen and nectar. They make the honey in the hive. They feed the queen. They take care of all the baby bees as they go from egg to larva uh, to adult bees. And they will actually clean the hive as well. So they will drag all the dead bees out of the hive. So sometimes I'll find little piles of dead bees outside the hive. And that's because they like having a clean spot to live. And then uh, the workers also are guard bees sometimes, so they'll guard against intruders to the hive. So, and then there's the drones. So the drones, they don't have a stinger. They're the male bees, and 
they really don't do anything besides mate with a queen. And a queen only needs to mate once in her life. So most drones never get a chance to mate. So they're just there in the hive. And so the queen is in charge of the hive. Yeah. And most of the drones don't do anything. Most of the drones don't do anything. So. Okay, don't go there, folks. <laughs> don't. I, I know what you're thinking. It kind of hits close to home, doesn't it? Oh. So during the winter, uh, the workers will actually kick the drones out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What happens if those dead bees aren't removed from the hive? Well, it could cause uh, diseases in the hive and uh, just wouldn't be a very good place for the bees mm. to live. So even the fact that their job is to carry the dead bees out of the hive, it keeps the hive healthy. Yeah. It seems like such an insignificant job, but it isn't, is it? No, it's not. Hmm. Romans chapter 12, listen to the word of the Lord. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For each of you has one body with many members, one hive with many different bees with different functions. And these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Whatever gift God has given you is important. To Wenatchee First Assembly and to the body of Christ as a whole. It's so cool to have Caden on this side of a microphone because for years and years he's been so faithful twice a month to run our sound. He's usually on the other side of the microphone. Even though you might not have seen him or identified him, Caden has been a really important part of our Sunday morning services for years and years and years. That's an important job, just as important as teaching this morning. And your job's important, whether it's running media, whether it's teaching children. I mean, Pastor Allen's always looking for more help. Maybe it's to be a greeter. Maybe it's to give. I was thinking back, we had a member by the name of Rick Klinge, who is very sick, who has passed now from a heart disease used to be very involved in the church in many, many ways, but in the last two or three years of his life, he couldn't do as much. But I remember the day Rick came in, he said, you know what I'd like to do? I would like once, um, once a week to come in and weed the front 
uh, flower beds closest to the church building. He said, I can't do all the weeding. But he says, I have enough strength and I have enough time that I'll come in once a week and just take care of that part of weeding the flower bed. And he did that till probably two or three weeks before he died. Nobody knew it, but we all enjoyed it. And I thought, man, that is just a perfect picture of how each of us, whether you're here or whether you're watching on live stream, there is a place for you to serve and we need to be like the bees. <laughs> we need to respect one another, but we can't ignore what our job is. And we can't ignore the fact that we're not calling the shots. In our case, Jesus is. He's the Lord of our life. Not just the Savior, he's the Lord of our life. Pastor Darth has said it so often, when you ask Jesus in your heart, you take your hands off the steering wheel entirely. Jesus is driving your life. Now, in our illustration today, who is really driving everything we've talked about? Well, in the case of the bees, it would be the queen. Okay. So the queen is the boss. Yes. And there's only one queen per hive. One queen per hive. She's the boss. In the kingdom of God, it's Jesus that's the boss. And of course, he manifests himself, we know, through the power of the Holy Spirit. But he's our ultimate authority. This is our authority, the scriptures. Our pastoral staff, our deacons have been placed there. Um, I wrote a quote down here that I found. It is the wide variety of personalities, beliefs, and life experience that will help keep a congregation in balance. I want to read that again. Sometimes we're afraid of our differences. We're afraid of our, you know, different personalities or different lenses we look through. But it's the wide variety of personalities, beliefs, and life experience that help keep a congregation in balance. I really like that. Jesus is the head of the church, and he has given us our reason for being. And I want to visit that for a moment. And then I want Caden to talk a little bit about kind of the, the mission of a beehive. But let's talk about the mission of a church first. Jesus made it very clear. Matthew chapter 28. Why does the church exist? The 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him. Some doubted, and then Jesus came to them, and this is what he said. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, and therefore you go and make disciples of all nations. That's why we had a report today from Estonia, because we take this seriously at Wenatchee First Assembly. It's not just about Wenatchee or Washington it's to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And then he gives us that wonderful promise, and surely I am with you always. He's not going to forsake us, even to the very end of the age. That's what in the church we call the Great Commission. Now, every church takes that and tweaks it. 
and comes up with something clever and creative. Our vision, as you know, is to inspire lifelong relationships with Jesus. Lifelong relationships with Jesus. And we got to keep that in the forefront. Why are we here? It's too easily for us to get distracted. We can't get distracted, friends. Whether it's social issues or political views or whatever, we have got to understand there's one king, Jesus. He's given us the reason for being. And that is to go and preach the gospel, to baptize, and to make disciples. That's why we're here. We do that through, of course, our mission, love, men, train, and, and send. And that's why we have to guard our mission. And that's the third point. We've got to guard that. We've got to be careful not to get off into the ditch. <laughs> For decades, my goal is to make sure our church is in the middle of the road, <laughs> not on one side in a ditch or on the other side in a ditch. So when it comes to a beehive, you know, you've told us how they communicate and what their jobs are, but big picture, Caden, what would you say is the mission of a colony of bees? Well, we know what our mission is, but what about a bees? Well, their main mission would be to make and store honey, uh, protect the queen, and survive the winter. Make and store honey. That sounds like fruit. Like fruit of the spirit <laughs> that we're supposed to be producing. That sounds like good deeds. The Bible says that our belief should go to good deeds. So make honey and what else? Uh, store the honey, protect the queen, and then survive the winter so that they live on another season. Think about that for a minute. Make honey. Our good deeds. Hmm. The fruit of the spirit in our life. To protect the queen. In our job to protect the king. He's the king of kings, the lord of lords. Be true to who he is. Too many churches are trying to make Jesus into who they want him to be. We've got to guard our mission and make sure that we protect who Jesus says he is. The way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. And then you said to survive the winter. You found out four years ago that that doesn't always happen naturally. No, it doesn't. Actually, this last year, I lost every single beehive over the winter. So I had to start completely new this year. All the bees that I saw last fall? All the bees that you saw last died? fall are no longer here. Well, that's sad. Yeah, that was my first year of a total loss. So these are all new bees, these, I mean, to you. These are all new bees to me. They are local bees. I bought them from uh, okay. people out at Sunny Slope. But. Okay. I want to take just a minute to survive the winter. Years ago, Chuck Swindoll wrote a book called The Seasons of Life. And it's a devotional. And it's about how, as Christ followers, we go through seasons of life. There's the fall, there's the winter, there's the spring, there's the summer. And he talked a lot about the winter of life. And just as these bees have to survive the winter, winter represents difficulties for you and me. Some of you might be in a winter of life today. 
maybe going through a divorce. Maybe you've just been diagnosed with a terminal illness. Maybe you have bills to pay and no money to to pay those bills. You've got to survive the winter. And I thought about that as the bees, Caden said, store up honey to survive the winter. Have we stored up what we need to survive the winters of our life? Have we hidden God's word in our heart? Remember, we used to have a JBQ team, junior Bible quiz. Their shirts had Psalm 119 on them that said, hide, I'm hiding my, uh, your word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. But friends, we're called to finish the race. We're called to, to keep true to the Lord. And sometimes we need to make sure that we have the reservoirs. That's why it's important, daily devotionals. Even if you don't feel like you need them today, you need it to store up for those winter times of your life. Now we know that, you know, Jesus is always going to be Lord and, and even he's conquered death itself. We, we come out winners in the end. That doesn't happen in a beehive because you said bees die and I'm assuming that means that at some point the queen dies. <laughs> yes. And so if the queen's in charge of all the bees and she dies, what happens? Is it just chaos? Well, what's supposed to happen and what happens most of the time <laughs> is uh, the queen lays eggs right up until she dies. So as soon as the workers figure out that the queen's no longer there, they are able to take an egg that is less than two days old and start feeding it what's called royal jelly instead of bee bread. And uh, within, I believe it's 16 days, a new queen will hatch. And as soon as the new queen goes on her mating flight and comes back, she will start laying eggs and everything will be normal. But sometimes that doesn't happen. Uh, For one reason or another, a new queen doesn't hatch or there's no eggs that the workers can uh, take and make into a new queen. So if uh, the hive does not have a queen for a couple weeks, after a while, one of the workers may develop uh, the ability to lay eggs, but since she's a worker bee and not the queen bee, uh, she doesn't lay fertilized eggs, so she's only able to lay drones. And the drones, of course, don't do anything for the hive. So after a while, the population of the hive will be mostly drones, and there's no way that hive's going to survive for more than a few months. So it's almost like a false queen? Yeah, it's like a false queen. The worker, it's called a laying worker. She's, she's like a false queen, and... All the bees think of her as a queen, but she doesn't have the abilities that the queen has. Hmm. I wonder spiritually if there's times that we are following a false queen or false king. 
or maybe allow something to be an idol in our life. It's a good thought. It's a sobering thought. That's why the Bible says, be on guard. Guard your heart. Kate and I were talking just this morning how sometimes even ministry and church can take the place of Jesus in our life. We're, we're so involved in church, so involved in ministry, but we don't have that daily personal relationship with Jesus. And in essence, we're serving a false queen. We're serving an idol. We're serving ministry instead of Jesus himself. So we would encourage all of us today to get rid of anything in our life that might be taking the place of the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Maybe things that hamper our productivity. We gotta make sure that Jesus is still in charge of our life. Just like every single bee in this colony has the same goal of survival, we've gotta have that same goal. <laughs> Keep our eyes on Jesus, you know? The old song says, it will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Life's trials will seem so small when we see Christ. One glimpse of his dear face, all sorrow will erase. So bravely run the race till we see Christ. Now we know this analogy breaks down here because the queen bee dies and Jesus never dies. He, I mean, he died and he, he conquered death and he's living forever. But it's interesting um, this whole idea that a whole hive can die if they're not focused on that queen. Now, you said you lost your entire hive this year. Yeah, I lost all, I think I had four or five hives. Does that happen often? Well, actually, it's a big problem in the U.S. Uh, 30 to 50% of hives die over winter every year. 30 to 50 percent yep. of all beehives in the U.S. die over the winter. Yeah. That's not unlike the collapse of the church in our day and age. There are more churches closing every week in the U.S. than are being planted every week. There are less churches now in the United States than there were five years ago. As the beehives are diving, dying, churches are dying. You might have read recently the Gallup poll. They've been doing polling for 80 years. For the first time in history, church membership in the United States has fallen below 50%. So our churches are dying like beehives are dying that's why it's important that we go back to that third point we need to guard the mission we need to keep the main thing the main thing I want to share out of Matthew chapter 16 an encouraging verse it says I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail or not overcome it. So even though church membership 
churches are declining in the U.S. It's not up to us to build the church, but it is up to us to do our part. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and we're wrapping things up here, and then we're going to let these bees out and see how fast people exit. <laughs> see how fast <laughs> we can evacuate the building. No, we're really not going to do that. First, First Thessalonians chapter 3. I want you to listen. It says, I, uh, Paul's writing, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, God has been making it grow. It's not up to you to build a church, not up to me to build a church. It is up to us to do what God's calling us to do. Just like the drones and the worker bees. What's God calling you to do? Scripture goes on to say, neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose. They're working together, right? That's what the scripture says. And they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. That's a kind of a convicting thing. Am I doing what God's called me to do? Because that's how I'm going to be judged. And that's how I'm going to be rewarded. And the same for you. Verse number nine, we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field. You are God's building. I just encourage all of us today to think about what we've learned from the bees. Maybe you're a drone, maybe you're a worker bee, maybe you're called to be a leader. Now remember he said some drones do what they're supposed to do. They're not all just lazy people who fly around, right? I mean, That's true. There, uh -huh. there are drones. There's, that, there's a few drones that yep. get to. And my, I don't know, I, I just feel like we need to ask the Holy Spirit to show us what is our place in our local church what is our place in the kingdom of God? And then as the Bible says, if we come after Jesus, we have to deny ourselves. Put aside our agendas, remind ourselves of the Great Commission. It's about spreading the hope and the love of Jesus. Bonhoeffer once said, when a Christ calls a man, he bids them to come and die. Talking again about what we might want to do individually. Because in a colony of bees, it's not about me, it's about us working together. Everything is done for the good of the whole. And that's the way it should be in the church. If we're going to survive, if we got to be willing to lay aside our own wishes for the well-being of the, of the church. That's what authentic community is really all about. And I'm glad to have Caden part of our community. Caden's one of our youngest members of our church. He's worked behind the scenes. He shared some things. And I just appreciate your insight. Thank you for sharing and thank you for bringing the bees. Yeah, you're welcome. One last scripture found in Psalm 119 quoted that earlier, but 
This has to do with the importance of Scripture in our life. Psalm 119.103 says, How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey in my mouth. As a reminder of our lesson on bees today, we're going to give you a bit of honey as you leave. That's right. As you leave this morning, we're going to have our host at the door, and we want you to take a piece of this candy, this bit of honey, to remember our lesson today, but more importantly, to remember that it's the Word of God that is sweeter than honey. Find your place. Respect your place, but also respect the place of others. Communicate. Stay focused on what God's called us to do the Great Commission. Let's guard that commission. Let's preach the gospel. Let's make disciples. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time that we've had together, and I thank you for Caden, for his love for you. Thank you for his family, Lord, his parents and his grandparents, multiple generations, so faithful and committed to this church throughout decades. And God, I just thank you for what we've learned today by looking at the bees. And I pray, Lord, that each and every one of us will find our place to serve you, to find our place to be part of something bigger than ourselves. I pray, Lord, that you will just combine our hearts together in love and harmony here at Wenatchee First Assembly, but also working together with other churches in our valley because it's not about us, it's about the kingdom of God. I just pray, oh God, that we will respect one another, that we will do what we have been called to do and we'll leave the results up to you because you are the Lord of the harvest. In Jesus' name, amen.